So today, that faction, the MAGA faction, the anti-democracy faction, the far right, won, and they celebrated. The chief architect of this battle, Congressman Matt Gates of Florida, took a victory lap on Steve Bannon's program. MAGA is ascendant, and if, if you don't think that moving from Kevin McCarthy to MAGA Mike Johnson shows the ascendance of this movement and where the power in the Republican Party truly lies, uh, then, then you're not paying attention. Now, Gates is talking his book, as always, and he'll probably do 19 more podcast hits before I come back and talk to you tomorrow night. He and his coalition are proud of what they've achieved. The majority of their caucus, including their new speaker, tried to overturn the last election. And they're proud of that. In fact, the message they're sending in choosing Mike Johnson, and this is important for everyone to understand, because that's where we are, is not only they're proud of that, but they are unbowed, and they are ready, and they are willing to try again. He said it, he did it, and he's here. Republican Congressman Matt Gates, my live guest in studio in Washington. I know it was a busy day on the floor. Thanks for being here. Welcome to you to Washington. We're glad to have you here. Here I am. Let's get right to it. Uh, What does today's speaker vote mean? And did you cut any side deals this time like we heard about last time? No side deals. This speaker election means that the House Republican Conference is united, really, for the first time this Congress. We are united behind a man of deep faith who obeys Almighty God and the Constitution before all else. And I was proud to support him. He's not uh, someone who comes from any particular faction of the Republican Conference. I don't know about that. Well, he has strong relationships from our most moderate members to our most conservative members. And you know what? Everyone feels listened to with Mike Johnson. He has a great tone, a great leadership skill stack, and I'm going to do everything I can to make him successful. Congressman, new speaker Mike Johnson, your thoughts. Uh, well, you cannot get to the right of Mike Johnson in the mega caucus. Um, it's just, it's inconceivable that you could get to the right of him. Um, I mean, there are people who are definitely more lunatic than he is. Um, And he's got very good manners and he's an able lawyer. But um, when we say he opposed democracy, we know that from his giving a legal gloss and finish to all of Donald Trump's arguments about electoral fraud and making the independent state legislature doctrine argument, which um, the Supreme Court fortunately did not bite on. Um, But if he's not for democracy, What's he for? He's for theocracy. He wants a nationwide ban on abortion with no exceptions for uh, rape or incest. Uh, He voted against affirming women's right to travel across state lines for the purposes of obtaining health care. He's also voted against reaffirming women's contraceptive rights. Um, He is uh, a real enemy of Social Security from my perspective. He wanted to increase the age of uh, Social Security retirement to 70 years old. He's very much in the Steve Bannon mode of trying to dismantle the regulatory state, by which they mean democracy itself. And so um, he's a a decent guy and he's a, a nice guy, but nobody should be fooled by it. Donald Trump cemented his hold over the Republican Party today, and he is in control of the House of Representatives right now. Big picture, take it all together. Did Matt Gates and the rebels win because you got the speaker you wanted and now you don't have to vacate or play those those uh, strategies anymore? Or are Matt Gates and the so-called rebels still out here and Johnson should be just as worried over his shoulder as as McCarthy? 
It's the former. We are here to make Mike Johnson as successful as a speaker as he can possibly be. He has sat next to me for seven years on the House Judiciary Committee. We serve together on House Armed Services. We have very aligned perspectives on a vast majority of issues. So this is our guy. This isn't a guy that we're going to chase around with a motion to vacate. This is a guy we're going to do everything we can to pour into and make successful. I gave you time. I want to uh, mention for viewers, it's your guy which is different from how we started the interview, which he said he's everybody's guy, he's across the board, but now he's sure. your, your side's well, guy. Well, look, look, he can be our guy and he can be the guy for, for other folks. Everybody voted for him, but I think people can be enthusiastic about Mike Johnson for different reasons. Yeah. I'm very enthusiastic about him being an honest man, a, a true conservative. I think others that might not hold his, his perspective on some of those policy questions yeah. really like his leadership style. Go on oh, and on. This is the Speaker of the House. You go on and on down the list. But, Donnie, it is, is it not? the victory of MAGA in this case of Donald Trump squashed Emmer, right? He was going to, he wasn't quite loyal enough to Donald Trump. And some people got to Trump and said, Hey, here's all this stuff that Emmer said. Trump puts out the post. He's done. And at the end of the day, gets his guy. When you have Matt Gates running onto Steve Bannon's podcast yesterday to celebrate this, it tells you who won. Oh. It tells you who won, but I keep going, this is a loser in a general election. If this is where the party is, and the party is no longer the Republican Party. It's the MAGA right. party. That's right. the party. As my good friend Joe Scarborough would say, insurrectionists, weirdos, and freaks. Yeah. Well, here you got a poster boy right up there. But here's the key, Brendan. <laughs> and we talked about this last time. They have successfully, in their own conference, imposed minority will on the conference. They have a vanguardist vision of how to do this. They tried to impose a minority president on the United States. They then had a rump faction of eight votes that broke the conference, and when Steve Scalise won the internal vote, they said, no, we don't accept it. They have gotten their way as a minoritarian vanguardist movement at many steps. They think they could do it for the whole government. Absolutely. But they, they can't on the on the policy matter. <laughs> yes, and the, yeah, the thing is, all of the things that you talked about in your in your monologue about who he is, Republicans don't bat an eye about that stuff. All oh, of the course, things no, you right? listed That's are pretty like mainstream for the conference yeah, sure. right now. The reality is you just can't make those things policy. Now, they can stop things. And I think we need to be very concerned about the ability of the House to process funding for Ukraine. They, they can not do things, yeah. but actually proactively bringing bills to the floor on, on abortion. They already did that. It was the first thing the House did. This yep. Congress was a series of bills on abortion. So, like, that's not changing, but it's not going anywhere. Now, what 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 would happen potentially if Mike Johnson is speaker of the House when we need to certify the next presidential election? Keep a close eye on that. Yes. In, in terms of, like, <laughs> imposing their will on Medicare and Social Security, I, I don't think you need to be, lose much sleep about it, Chris. This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. It's Thursday, 26 October, Year of Our Lord, 2023, uh, and we have a, a new Speaker of the House, a new MAGA Ascendant, 
President Trump victorious. Uh, we're going to get into all that today. We're going to have two of the key players, uh, Congressman Nan- Nancy Mace, and we're going to try to get Eli Crane uh, if votes don't start over in the House. So we've got two of the major uh, players in this will join us. If we don't get Eli this morning, we will get him this afternoon. We had to birch it on and um, engage yesterday. We're going to try to take these folks uh, a couple at a time over the next couple of days to lay out where do we go from here. Um, as I keep telling you, if you really want to understand where our movement is, if you really want to understand the dynamics that underlie it, underlies our fight with the opposition, this is why we play these cold opens from M- MSNBC, because MSNBC has gone and gotten uh, the Brennan Bucks, who was the right-hand man of, uh, of um, Paul Ryan, uh, Tim Miller, who used to be the comms director for the RNC. I worked with Tim when I was running Breitbart for, for many, many years before he went to the dark side. Uh, people like Charlie Sykes, uh, Nicole Wallace. These are very uh, people that are at the heart of the Republican establishment and absolutely understand very deeply the uh, the MAGA insurrection that's taken over the Republican Party. Um, and so we've got a lot to talk to. That's what we played. And I thought that was very perceptive of how they broke it down. Yesterday. Of course, it's full of vitriol. And uh, we understand that. I hope your heads blow up every time you watch it. But it's quite uh, instructive. And that's why we continue to do it. Although we didn't get enough morning Mika. I heard her groan. You hear the groan uh, when uh, when Donnie Deutsch said he went on Steve Bannon's podcast. You get that. Ugh. Okay, Mika. We're keeping we're taking notes at home. I want to bring in Richard Stern, and we've got Richard on. As you know, he's a friend of the show. We have him on a lot. He's over at Heritage. He's, he's the hammer about balanced budgets, and we've got a lot to talk about, capital markets, GDP number. But a, a lot of folks don't realize this. Richard was uh, very close, was the right-hand man uh, for Mike Johnson when Mike ran, I think, the Republican Study Committee, and you were, the, you were obviously the, the budget, the economics, the capital markets. Tell us about, tell us about Mike Johnson, what, you know, Everybody has heard because he's kind of although he was deputy to uh, Elise Stefanik, he really was kind of a backbencher. Uh, but people know him as someone who will listen, not just a good man, a devout Christian, but he's uh, he's clearly and they're waking up to the fact that he is pretty conservative. But he's also a listener. Richard, what is your what is your relationship with us? Tell us about Mike Johnson. You know, I think you hit the nail on the head as always, and it was a pleasure to be back on the show. Thank you again. So. I had the the pleasure of working for two years at the Republican Study Committee when Mike Johnson was the chair of it in the 116th Congress. He is a fantastic man. He is a devout Christian. He is a real principled uh, conservative in the way that the founders of this country were. And so, you know, I'll tell you this. RSC, for some reason, gets a pass from the mainstream media. They don't care about it. But RSC is the largest caucus. It's the largest, oldest caucus in the House of Representatives. It is the intellectual leader within Congress. The RSC staff write the summaries of every bill that goes to the House of Representatives. When members of the House tell you that they know what's in a bill, it's because their staff write an RSC ledge bulletin. Mike Johnson ran that uh, caucus. And not only did he run it there, but I was part of the team that put together the conservative playbook that his office put out, which outlined what would become a lot of the MAGA agenda, a lot of the policies that we've supported to save the country, a lot of the good work that Trump did. So, you know, I I would say this, right? If you want to know who Mike Johnson is, watch the speech he gave upon becoming speaker yesterday. For the first time in many, many years, we heard an eloquent sermon about the values that made this country what it is, the things that we all believe in, our, our, our appreciation and respect for that gift from God of our rights and our free will. That's what he devoted that time to. That's the kind of man that Mike Johnson is. Walk me through, we, we know social conservatism and all that, and a lot of you know things about messaging bills, but the nation, 
faces three immediate crises. And we have, look, we have a, um, a, uh, a social crisis also. But we have, obviously, this crushing debt in the deficits. We have uh, the invasion of the southern border, everything that brings. And we now have this geopolitical, the beginning of the Third World War, which we've argued for you on the show. The Chinese Communist Party, through uh, um, unrestricted warfare, has been at war with us for at least a couple of years. Um, what, what do you see his worldview and his perspective when you talk about those three major items? I think he sees, frankly, a lot of the vision that Reagan cast, right, which is the understanding is in many ways that it's not three crises or a dozen, though it's easy to think that. It's a, it's one central crisis, right, which is we have an elite group that runs the government at the expense of everyone else in this country, right? All those things you talk about, right, the southern border being absolute chaos, the government running massive deficits, which really means that the government is stealing wholesale the fruits of your labors, giving you worthless IOUs and strangling the private sector, strangling our future growth. All of these things come back to an elite group that runs the government at the expense of your rights, at the expense of any faith and what the American people would do if you give them their freedoms and if you respect their God-given rights. So I think Mike Johnson's worldview is that we need that, to restore faith, to get back to a government that respects those God-given rights, that respects those foundational principles that allowed not the U.S. government, but the American people to create the largest, best, wealthiest, most technologically advanced, and most moral country that has ever existed in human history. Richard, can you hang over a second? I want to I want to hold you through the break. Uh, we're going to play a little bit of that speech when we come back, uh, and we're going to get into uh, some of the nitty gritty today and back of some of the numbers. GDP numbers were released. Uh, also, Kim dot com, you know, has a massive following uh, over on Twitter. Um, put out today about the six hundred billion dollars of new debt in the next thirty days. Kim dot com is quite uh, is quite uh, depressed about it. He says it doesn't matter who the next president is because the country is basically being crushed underneath a mountain of debt. So we're going to get into all of that uh, when we return uh, with Richard Stern uh, from Heritage and talk about uh, the upcoming CR, the omnibus, the fight uh, to get control from the elites. Mike Johnson, a fireman's son, a very devout Christian, a Baptist, uh, a man of deep and abiding faith, is now the Speaker of the House. That in and of itself is a massive victory. Okay, we're going to take a short commercial break. I want to thank the folks over at birchgold.com. Make sure you go there today and get the end of the dollar empire. Been working on this for a couple of years. It's a four-part series, all free to you. And then you can share it. Birchgold.com, the end of the dollar empire. Check it out today, particularly Section 3, the debt trap. Richard Stern on the other side. Last month, the G20 announced a plan to impose digital currencies and digital IDs on their respective populations. No, I'm not making that up. That is a fact. Central bank digital currencies essentially allow the government to track every purchase you make. They could even allow officials to prohibit you from purchasing certain products or easily freeze or seize part or all of your money. Let that sink in for a second. In essence, they enable the government to take more control over your personal finances. Concerned Americans are diversifying their assets into physical gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. If you want a physical asset held in a tax-sheltered retirement account, you should call Birch Gold 2. 
But learn for yourself. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898, and they'll send you a free info kit on gold. The easiest way to become a Birch Gold customer, if you have an IRA or 401k from a previous employer just gathering dust, Birch Gold can help you convert it into IRA into gold. And you don't pay a penny out of pocket. Let me repeat that. You don't pay a penny out of pocket. Text Bannon to 989898. Claim your free info kit on gold. Then call Birch. Because if digital currency becomes a reality, and trust me, they're on the path to make it so, it'll be nice to have some gold to fall back on. It's only worked for 5,000 years of mankind's history. Let Birch Gold work for you. Bannon. 989898, text it right now. Take good care of it. I want to tell all my colleagues here what I told the Republicans in that room last night. I don't believe there are any coincidences in a matter like this. I believe that Scripture, the Bible, is very clear that, that God is the one that raises up those in authority. He raised up each of you, all of us. And, and I believe that God has ordained and allowed each one of us to be brought here for this specific moment in this time. This is my belief. I believe that each one of us has a huge responsibility today to use the gifts that God has given us to serve the extraordinary people of this great country, and they deserve it. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this audience, you were a major part of making that happen, and as Richard Stern said, that is pretty extraordinary. You, don't, you haven't heard that in a long time by a man who is number two, not number three, he's number two in line, uh, to be the uh, commander in chief and president of the United States in case anything happened. Uh, and a, and a, as the founder set up, the House, basically uh, very much built upon the uh, House of Commons, is the power in Washington, D.C. Uh, Richard Stern, um, pretty dramatic yesterday when an individual, as you know, this town, I would say is fairly, to put it in the nicest terms, fairly secular, right? I could go, I could go farther in the spectrum, but uh, fairly secular or agnostic, sir? Uh, absolutely. And how miserable an existence is that? But, you know, as, as you were pointing out, for the first time, really, in the entire time I've been in D.C., frankly, I'm proud of leadership. We really finally have a conservative in the chair. How amazing is that? And you're absolutely right. It's the audience of the show. It's, it's Matt Gates. It's that whole group of people. It's really the spirit of the Tea Party movement that has brought this into manifest reality. And, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, right, what conservatism is about is that kind of faith. It is a firm faith that God built justice into the world around us, and that what you need is to allow people to be closer to God, to work towards God's divine justice. And what does the left offer? They offer misery, pessimism. They offer a lack of faith. They offer a vision of reality that is cold, that is dark. And so, of course, what they want you to do is beg them, just another group of humans, but somehow they believe that they are, you know, have magical divine kind of foresight. They don't. But that's what they want. They want you to beg them to come in and run your life for them. What this here is is a representation of America getting back to our values, saying no. We will not be led around by some panel of so-called experts. We'll be led by God and by the, by the what we know is true about the world around us. Just like Mike Johnson, they're about to unload on him like they've never unloaded on anybody since I think President Trump came on the scene. You watch. This is just they're going to they're going to. They're going to roll hard. And so this audience has to have his back, not just in prayers, but we'll have practical actions, too. And we're not going to agree with everything that Speaker Johnson does. Remember, we're the, we're the, we're the hard right of MAGA. We're the ultra MAGA for a reason. Richard, um, today, 
because they're skipping around over the White House, the GDP number, which I think is kind of shocking when you break down the component pieces of it and tie that back to the debt that every month is now absolutely shocked. I like to put up the Kim, Kim.com. You know, he's a very powerful influencer on um, on social media, and particularly Twitter, massive following uh, that including uh, Elon Musk and the guys around Elon Musk. He just put a very simple tweet last night, six hundred billion dollars in debt in one month, essentially game over, Do- doesn't care who the next president is. We would disagree with uh, with Kim dot com on on his pessimism, at least on how do we turn this around. But Richard. Walk me through the, the. I want you to walk through the GDP number today, and how that ties back still to the massive uh, government spending. Yeah, so that GDP number is is a clarion call, and really what that is, it's a lot of fancy econ speak. It really comes down to one thing: the government is eating your lunch because they've got the legal authority to do so, and they are beating the private sector to a pulp to do it. That's really what those GDP numbers come down to. You know, GDP is not holistically a capture of what we produce. It's a capture of where what we as a society produce goes. GDP records who uses the stuff that the American people produce. So when government spends money in GDP, it's not that the government is contributing to economic growth. It's that the government is eating that portion of real goods and services produced by real hardworking Americans. That's what that represents. Now, to your point, there is still a future for us. We can still turn this around. What we need to do is stop this, stop the growth of government. We need to enact pro-growth policies, good solid tax reform, dismantle the regulatory state. And that's the way we can get back to that. So that at the moment, how much debt the government's got into, how much larger government spending is in the private sector, that's a snapshot of horrors to come, but it is not set in stone. We still have time. No, we still have human agency. The 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 if if the GDP if real true economic growth if we had real true economic growth real growth not this thing that 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 is driven by the crowding out effect of government spending if we had real true growth it would show up in tax revenues. The lie is that and we just saw the accounts in which they took uh, an extra three weeks or two and a half weeks to gun deck to gun deck how it came out because they didn't want to show a $2 trillion deficit, but even the Washington Post agrees it's over a $2 trillion deficit. And Richard, the principal reason was a $600 billion miss in projected tax revenue. And, and that came from both capital gains and personal because why? The economy is not, the economy's not growing. The economy's not robust, sir. It's amazing, right? They passed all these new taxes. They raised tax rates. And Revenues dropped, and it's because you're absolutely right. Look, the government can print stuff on paper all it wants. You can't print reality, right? And so the government is screaming into the wind, but the real actual economy is struggling because of the government's burdens, because of the elite's haircut, which is now much more than a haircut, off the top of what we all produce. But, you know, I'll tell you this, and for your audience as well, you and I and and the people that we all like, we've all been Sam Adams, lighting the torch of the revolution, leading the way on this, calling this. But, you know, Mike Johnson, Donald Trump, these are the John Adams, right? These are the people that can come in that finally represent this revolution, coming to a head in a way where we can change the laws, where we can get back to the foundation of values that this country was founded on. And, you know, if we get back there, right, then we, we return to people the fruits of their labors. We'll get back to the kind of economy we had in the 50s during World War II, when the U.S. was the world's light in terms of progress and technology and prosperity. So we can get there again. I'm optimistic even more so with uh, events of this week. 
Uh, McLaughlin was up on the uh, John Frederick show be, uh, earlier today and was talking about a ton of numbers, and particularly in battleground states. The tectonic plate shift back to MAGA, the American people just saying, hey, this is madness. I'm getting destroyed. And, you know, Trump may have some bad tweets and Trump might be a little rough around the edges. And maybe I don't like his personal style, but I got to get that guy back as president because what this current thing is not working. We're in wars all over the place. The, the economy's in, in tatters. Just give me a minute or two because, you you know, we've had you and Russ on during the, the huge debt ceiling fight. And if Kevin McCarthy's team. So I have no pity on these guys all. If they had listened to Russ vote. And they had listened to Richard Stern and they had implemented the programs of these two individuals and, the, you know, heritage and these think tanks that have thought this thing through. Kevin McCarthy be Speaker of the House today. He brought Absolutely. this on himself by the worst possible deal you could do. What would be your advice to Mike and people now to, to start to think through how the first couple of action steps you would like to see to start to get our hands around this? I would encourage him. And frankly, as I know that uh, Speaker Johnson is going to do to follow his convictions, to follow the promises he's made. You know, I, I, as I said to count the top of the show here, I had the honor of being the budget staffer at the Republican Study Committee when he was chair. I helped do the budgets that RSC puts out. These are pie in the sky, often called alternative federal budgets. But he did the two of those while I was there. And that's exactly what those laid out, was a blueprint of how to get to a balanced budget, of how to get the real growth we know we can have. And so I'd encourage him to stick to those convictions. You know, I think all the stories that, that we think about in human history, an enormous amount of the stories are in the Bible, of course, are about leaders who do the right thing, who stick to their convictions, even when everyone else turns on them, even when it looks like that's not going to work out. Because at the end of the day, that's what people look for in leadership, is conviction, is purpose, is a vision. You know, frankly, if you listen to Democrats, if you look at their electoral successes, a lot of times they put out policy proposals that there's not even an I or a T to dot or cross. It's because people actually have faith in them because what they offer is something in the form of conviction. Now, you and I can look at it and say it might very well be satanic conviction, but it's conviction at least. So for so many years, right, Republicans have offered no conviction. Mike Johnson, Donald Trump, people like us, this is a return to a conservative movement that offers real reliable conviction. So that's my advice. Stick to that. Stick to that faithful approach of how to reform the government and get back to the America we love. Richard, how do people uh, get to you on social media? How do they get to you over at uh, Heritage, the great work you're doing there? Thanks. Uh, you can find me at Rich A. Stern on Twitter. And of course, if you Google Richard Stern at Heritage, you'll find my bio page at Heritage, all the things I've written. And of course, you can go look around at the budget tab there and find all the good work by my other colleagues, uh, you know, the work in the Herman Center and, and around the building on the econ team here. By the way, tell uh, Dr. Kevin Roberts thanks. Uh, the turnaround over there has been enormous. The policy you guys are hitting on all cylinders right now. So thanks for the whole team over there for what you guys are doing. Appreciate it. Of course. Uh, thank you. A lot of folks working on this, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, you're the you're the you're the key to this. Your 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 voice was heard, and uh, now the hard work starts. I mean, the really hard work to show you that 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 there is light. Congressman Marshall, Roger Marshall, I think Congressman Marshall, I've had him on the show a couple of times, Congressman Marshall from Kansas with obviously the great J.D. Vance, Mike Lee, Ted Cruz, have put forward a proposal against Mitch McConnell's been selling hard, this Ukraine, you know, you got to go all in, $60, $80 billion in Ukraine, must happen now. They put up the opening salvo here, which I think you're going to see in the House also, which we got to bifurcate. We have to separate out a discussion of Israel 
and support of our ally Israel from Ukraine. And that also means you have to separate out uh, this uh, this disaster on the border, this $104 billion, another boondoggle. This is something that has to be addressed and has to be addressed immediately. Okay, we're going to get into all of this. Uh, we've got Nancy Mace, who was one of the key people of the Hard Eight. That was the triggering event that got this all rolling. We're going to try to get uh, Eli Crane later in the show. They may be doing some votes up on the Capitol, I think, starting at 11. We may have to reschedule Eli for this afternoon. We're going to get some of the warriors in here and talk through exactly where we're headed in the 118th Congress. Back in the war in just a moment. You should choose an air purifier like your life depends on it, because it just might. More than 35,000 wildfires have devastated the U.S. this year. The toxins and particles in wildfire smoke can penetrate our lungs and threaten our health. That's why EnviroCleanse developed military-grade air purification for your home. And they just announced their biggest sale of the year. Save a massive 30% off during their Labor Day sale. EnviroCleanse is specifically designed to wipe out airborne chemicals and viruses known to cause illness, allergies, and difficulty breathing. Even toxic gases and particles found in wildfire smoke are no match for EnviroCleanse. That's why the Department of Defense chose EnviroCleanse to protect the air on board our Navy combatants. And EnviroCleanse comes with a free professional air quality monitor so you know your family's breathing purified air. Now's the time to save 30% off your air purification unit. Get the free air quality monitor and fast free shipping. That's a 250 bucks savings. Visit ekpure.com and use code Steve. That's ekpure.com, code Steve. Let me repeat, ekpure.com, code Steve. ekpure.com, code Steve. Take action. Use your agency. Do it today. Get the benefits of the sale. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bann. Um, there's a lot, as you can imagine, going on at Capitol Hill right now uh, with this uh, beyond an earthquake, <laughs> like a thermonuclear weapon that went off. Um, and I want to thank this audience. Obviously, you're the key component of it or one of the key components of it. Uh, but we don't have time. To first of all, you know we don't celebrate a lot around here, um, because we got more work to do. There's always another thing to uh, to think of and, and to make sure you get right. Uh, so we got to get right back to work. I would argue for the for the uh, for the audience to keep Mike Johnson in your prayers, particularly over the next couple of days, because there is going to be an onslaught like you have not seen to take apart a, a good man. You just watch. The mainstream media is just, they're coming, and they're coming hard. Congressman Nancy Mace now joins us from South Carolina, one of the key people, one of the hard aid in this. Congressman Mace, can you just walk us through how this all developed over the last couple of days? I want to talk about the agenda going forward, but just tell us, how do we get in this position to have a true conservative, uh, a deeply Christian man as uh, as Speaker of the House? Can you hear me? I, my connection. Can you hear me okay, yeah. Steve? Yeah. Yeah, we hear you perfectly. You're coming in. You look great. You sound great. Just let it rip. Okay. Well, this, okay, good. Well, this almost, I just want to be clear, and I think Matt Gates clarified this yesterday. This almost 
didn't happen because the disgraced former speaker, Kevin McCarthy, every time someone ascended, he would knife them in the back and they and they couldn't become speaker. But thank God we have now Mike Johnson, who is a strong conservative, a man of faith and someone who's going to work hard. And guess what? He's not a part of the establishment. He's not a part of one of K Street's favorites, right? And he's going to come under fire over the next few days and appreciate your wishes and well wishes and, and prayers for him because he's going to need it. We, we've, we're changing the direction and the trajectory of Washington. And it's not easy. This point up until this point has been very difficult the last three weeks, but the eight of us and others held the line and we got us to where we are today. And this is a new direction, a new day for America. I, I want to talk about that new direction, but I need this audience to understand because they don't quite understand the viciousness of how intense these fights are behind the scenes. When you say McCarthy and his followers are trying to knife people in the back, just walk us through for a second, because I want to have the audience appreciate how hard this is. The political you know, profiles and courage of you and others has stepped up here. But just walk us through how it was all unmasked the other night. Well, it's all been orchestrated. This thing didn't need to last through three weeks. So the first thing that McCarthy and his allies did was prolong it and delay it and recess us and adjourn us every time they possibly could to to drag this thing out and make it as painful as possible for the eight of us who held the line and kicked McCarthy out of the speakership. That's number one. Number two, there was a, a concerted and orchestrated effort at the hand of McCarthy that every time someone ascended, they got knifed in the back, including America's favorite Republican congressman in Jim Jordan. I mean, our conference couldn't even elect the, the, the best and favorite congressman in this country, Jim Jordan, because of what McCarthy and his allies were doing behind the scenes and orchestrating his failure. And he did it not once, not twice, but three times. And finally, we were able to unmask what he was doing earlier this week. And at one point, Kevin McCarthy had multiple outbursts screaming at the conference because my when you get the Should we go ahead and reboot? Let's go ahead and reboot uh, Congressman Mace. It's too important to miss what she just had to say. We're going to reboot uh, Congressman Mace. I'm a little technical problem. Quite important what she is saying. Uh, and here's the reason it's important. This is not about personal animosity. This is about the way the system works and what you have just broken. The system is totally, it's a cartel. Russ Vogt laid that out. <clears throat> it is completely and totally captured by, uh, by the lobbyists, uh, the Wall Street oligarchs, the corporatists, the political operatives, the consultants, uh, Silicon Valley, massive power, uh, the big law firms. This is all massive, incredible power. That's what you broke. And Mike Johnson comes unencumbered with any of that. Brennan Buck uh, wrote a big piece in Politico. These people are just give me a heads up when Congressman Mace is rebooted. Uh, Brennan Buck wrote a big piece. Oh, he's you know, he doesn't know anything. It's the learning curve is going to be brutal. That even Paul Ryan, who had been the uh, centerpiece of the young guns, didn't know this. And it took him so long to get up to speed. Mike Johnson will do fine. He's a man of faith. He's a brilliant constitutional lawyer. Uh, he's very, very smart. Uh, he's very, very grounded. He's got a great team that's coming around him. Uh, you know, the Elise Stefanics, the Nancy Maces, the, the Matt Gates, And these are people I realize have different total ideological, sometimes orientations than maybe us on the show. 
but you see that Mike Johnson's a, a leader and a listener, and that's what's coming around him. What broke the other night was the grip of what we call K Street, the grip of the lobbyists. You broke it. You, you, the, the people felt that the voters and the people out there in the districts had their back, that they could make these moves. Traditionally, if you make these moves, you're, you're ostracized immediately. Is, is Congressman uh, Mace back up? Can we try again? Congressman Mace, can you hear me? Yes, I sure can. Trying this one more time. <laughs> yeah, no, listen, I just want to go back to that night of what 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 grip was broken when you guys stood up and it was all unmasked. What, what the central thing? It just wasn't McCarthy as an individual. It's the way the system runs. What did you guys break? It was the D.C. establishment. That is what we broke, and this was about the power. The few people that have power in this in this country, K Street and downtown and and those in, in leadership, this, the former speaker, this is about people versus power and the people won over. And the one thing I want to say, Steve, is that the war room posse was a huge part of that because people spoke up. They called their members of Congress and told them that the vote to vacate the former speaker was the right vote. And we needed to get a conservative, someone who would be honest be trustworthy and tell the truth to the American people. And that's what we were able to deliver. But it was not it was not easy because the former speaker went kicking and screaming this week, had had meltdowns in our conferences. A lot of threats were made. I've had a lot of threats on my life Uh, in the last week or so. I've received at least four death threats over over my vote and over my convictions to change the direction of Washington and change the direction of this country. And we would not have been able to do it without the support of the people. Number one. I noticed that you didn't go run to the microphones and, and whine about that immediately either, which I think is very powerful. People would say, you know, uh, the mainstream media would think because uh, Mike Johnson is such a radical right social conservative that Nancy Mace, how could Nancy Mace ever be an ally of his? But walk through about uh, how you've come to this point uh, to support uh, the direction that we're headed. Maybe not all the details of policy, but directionally where we're headed. Well, absolutely. And I'm not going to agree with everyone on everything, Steve. We we have plenty of policy debate between you and I and, and your audience. But Mike is a good man and he's a, he is a man of faith and he's honest and he's trustworthy. And the very least that we need for the American people is to restore trust in the institution of Congress, restore trust uh, amongst uh, the people and the, the folks that we represent. And I believe he is the guy to do that. And policy aside, He's just a good Christian man who believes in his faith in God and believe that that and believes that that is how he can navigate his role in, in, in history right now. And we need someone who's going to be have convictions, who's going to be a man of principle and a man of his word. And quite frankly, he's not with me on every issue. And he and I sat down earlier this week and talked about some of the issues that I'm very passionate about and trying to find some common ground. And he's a very humble humble man. And one of the issues, for example, that I'm very passionate about is is how we get women voters, suburban women, suburban moms back into the Republican Party, back to vote for for Republicans and and keep our country intact next year at the presidential level and then also at Congress and the Senate. And, you know, he came up to me this week and said, I talked to my wife and there are all these things that we that we agree on, whether it's safety in schools, hardening our schools, whether it's making sure that that moms and dads have the resources that they need, but understanding that how we talk to people really matters. And our conservative policies are the best policies for our nation's children and families, but it's also how we talk to people and show people that we care. And he gets that. 
and the best thing about Mike that I can say is he's just an honest guy and you just, you know, where he stands, he's going to work very hard. And I mean, he's going to put us to work <laughs> like, like we've never worked before is the feeling that I have right now, which is what our country needs. By the way, I remember the gasp on the House floor when uh, you voted no against uh, McCarthy. And you had told us on the show beforehand it was a matter of trust. He had just lied to you too many times. <clears throat> Walk me through. we got a couple minutes here. Wh- wh- where is your focus going to be? We we got the CR coming up. You know, the Senate's now trying to bifurcate Israel and Ukraine funding. Uh, we've got the beginning of the Third World War. you got an invasion on the southern border. Where is Nancy Mace's priorities? Where are you going to be spending your time and your focus? Well, we shouldn't do anything in the next few weeks funding or spending wise without funding and resources for the southern border, because unless we shut that down, nothing else should happen. We should not be sending aid overseas without us securing our own border, because what happened overseas in Israel could happen here at home if we're not careful. And I feel that because our national security at home has not been taken seriously by Joe Biden. We have opened ourselves up to terrorists coming across the southern border. So number one, that needs to be figured out before we do anything else. I would like to see Ukraine and Israel uh, supplemental support be separated. They should not be put together in the same bucket. We'll see if we'll be able to do that. And then, of course, the, you know any short-term spending measure what is that going to look like if we can't get the 12 appropriations bills done in time because the speaker's fight was drawn out by by the former disgraced speaker? So those are the things that we have to deliver on and address in the interim in the next two or three weeks. And then it is my hope that Mike Johnson will get a head start on next year's spending. We've lost a lot of time because Kevin McCarthy screwed America on, on the budget this year and the 12 appropriations bill. So it's my hope that the appropriators will get a head start on it so that we don't run into this next year, that we're well ahead of time, that Chuck Schumer has the budget, has the spending bills well in advance of any potential looming CR, any type of emergency where we're going to have to have an omnibus or a CR, those kinds of things. We have to avoid an omnibus before the end of the year, period. Uh, we, so we're breaking some news here. That's a pretty hard line. Let me. I want to go back. You're a Citadel grad. I think the first woman from Citadel to yes. graduate Citadel. Um, you are been known as a as a as a hawk. Are you telling us that you feel that even before the Israel supplement, if, even if you bifurcate Ukraine and Israel, you want to see action on the southern border and and, and talk about a package of real action on the southern border before even the funding of the Israel uh, supplemental. We have to address the southern border, period. And in the way to do that is in these next supplemental spending bills is use that as leverage to be able to move forward. And uh, it's very important that we do that. Israel is going to have the support that it needs. I sit on the House Armed Services Committee. I just got briefed in a classified you know, setting this week on, on our support of Israel. Also, they get $4 billion from our budget every year and our, and our annual fiscal year just reset October 1. So we have time to figure this out and be supportive of our allies. But if we don't get this mess at the southern border, we are going to open ourselves up to all sorts of continued uh, national security issues, whether you're talking about fentanyl or terrorists that are crossing the border. And as you're seeing in the footage right now, what we spend more money on foreign aid than we do on roads and bridges in this country. <laughs> this has to be fixed. We can support our ally in Israel, but we also need to make sure that our borders are just as secure. Uh, Congressman Mace, where do they follow you on social media? Where do people go? 
They can follow me at at Rep Nancy Mace. Wow. Thank you very much. Broke some news here. Congressman Mace, thank you. Look forward to having you back. Yes, sir. Thank you. It takes courage to step up. It takes courage to step up. They tried to destroy all those people. Remember, all of them. The hard eight, they tried to destroy each and every one. Short commercial break. Back in a moment. For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in stream short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical. That's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Here's the key, Brendan. (laughs) And we talked about this last time. They have successfully, in their own conference, imposed minority will on the conference. They have a vanguardist vision of how to do this. They tried to impose a minority president on the United States. They then had a rump faction of eight votes that broke the conference, and when Steve Scalise won the internal vote, they said, no, we don't accept it. They have gotten their way as a minoritarian vanguardist movement at many steps. They think they could do it for the whole government. Absolutely. But they, they can't on the on the policy matter. <laughs> yes, and the, exactly. yeah, the thing is, all of the things that you talked about in your in your monologue about who he is, Republicans don't bat an eye about that stuff. All oh, the course, things no, you listed are pretty like mainstream for the conference yeah, sure. right now. The reality is you just can't make those things policy. Now, they can stop things. And I think we need to be very concerned about the ability of the House to process funding for Ukraine. They, they can not do things, yeah. but actually proactively bringing bills to the floor on, on abortion. They already did that. It was the first thing the House did. This yep. Congress was a series of bills on abortion. So, like, that's not changing, but it's not going anywhere. Now, what 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 would happen potentially if Mike Johnson is speaker of the House when we need to certify the next presidential election? Keep a close eye on that. Yes. In, in terms of, like, <laughs> imposing their will on Medicare and Social Security, I, I don't think you need to be, lose much sleep about it, Chris. Okay, uh, this is important. So let's get the number two principles out right here. And you just saw it with Nancy Mace, which I think surprised a lot of people about this issue of the southern border. I want to go back to Chris Hayes. I want to go back to Brendan Buck. When I call Fox TV for stupid people, half of MSNBC is also TV for stupid people. I'm just not picking, picking on Fox or Murdoch News. 
The reason is when you want to see TV for stupid people, it is you have the party apparatchiks and just those talking points, the same mindless talking points, and they got to, they think they got to wash, rinse, repeat because it's a theory of modern communications to low information folks that they just have to repeat it over and over. So it's not only not interesting, it's kind of counterproductive, particularly if it's just coming from a central party apparatus, okay? The reason that we monitor CNN and BBC and MSNBC, particularly, and others like that, when they have members of the failed establishment, and in this case, people like Brendan Buck and like Tim Miller and like Nicole Wallace and Charlie Sykes and others, MSNBC, with some of the smart people over there, you get a quite accurate breakdown and understanding of exactly what's going on. Yes, we are a minoritist, vanguardist movement. It's not that we don't have support of the actual voters and the populace, but the way that the city has run, and this is, please, I don't want to ever do drain the swamp again. It's just too cutesy a term because these people are vicious. If you're interested in limited government, if you're interested in fiscal responsibility, if you're interested really in liberty and in freedom, and these just not as hollow terms that are thrown out uh, when people run for office, but the reality of that and what that means for America and for her citizens, then this is the fight. You change the direction of history, and we have some allies that you would never think of in a million years. You would never think of Nancy Mace. Well, think about even Naomi Wolf on, on, on the vaccine. She's going to be up in, in I think, the 5 o'clock hour today. These, these people, when you see that, they're, that their focus and their interest is often aligned to in the rank order of what's important, and particularly now what is important to save the country. The buried lead, it was not just the minorit, the minoritist vanguardist thinking of what we call command by negation. That's what Brandon Buck said the quiet part out loud later. They can't impose their vision. And particularly what they did with Mike Johnson at the beginning of that was to talk about all his social conservatism. The social, because that's, he was in the trenches for many years as a constitutional lawyer, one of those great, um, I think for the uh, the Association Defending the Democracy, one of, the, one of these great groups that, that comes in and fights for uh, religious liberty and social conservatives. And Mike, for many years, did that. And they went through the, all the stuff he fought for. And, of course, up in the Upper East Side and Upper West Side of New York, is like, oh, my God, my heads are blowing up. But Buck said, we know, they can't impose that on the nation. But wait for it. They can stop things. And he says they can not do things. One thousand percent. That's the next phase of the battle. The next phase of the battle is Ukraine funding, the funding of these wars. I mean, Nancy, Nancy Mace just dropped a bombshell in the reality check that even in defense of Israel as an ally, that right now the priority is on the southern border. And if you don't get the southern border right immediately, you don't take dramatic actions immediately, our allies in Taiwan and Israel uh, will cease to exist. You must have a strong and robust America. And she walked through the actual, because she's on armed services, the actual mechanisms that are already in place to make sure that 
Israel is, is defended as we think through what that funding should be. And right now, I think the central question is, is Biden, is the Biden regime have too big a grasp? You know, I'm all for our approach has to be conditional. We have to have an overall strategy of what we're doing and make sure that, hey, you just can't go out and start nuking Gaza, right? Not that that would happen. Biden and his regime has taken it to, they actually have a Marine over there. I believe this entire delay, and they call for humanitarian aid, that, that is the Biden regime is trying to backdoor ceasefire and then go right to a two-state solution, which if you saw what the Muslim Brotherhood, and that's what it is, the Muslim Brotherhood, did to the Israelis, how can you, how can you ceasefire that? How can you two-nation that at this stage? Can't do it. Can't do it. Not possible. We wouldn't do it. Nancy Mace's point, <clears throat> I'll try to get Gaffney maybe even for the afternoon show. The infiltration in our country, not just the mass uh, invasion that's taking place with at least 8 million people. I mean, Monica Crowley said she thinks it's 40 or 50 million. Uh, it, uh, Brian Kennedy last night on immigration as warfare, the great piece in American mind, I want to make sure everybody reads that, said the exact same thing. Okay. Uh, short commercial break. We'll be back in a second. Want to make sure uh, birchgold.com. Now you've got to immerse yourself. What we try to do is immerse yourself in information. Go to birchgold.com slash Bannon. You get the end of the dollar empire. Okay, that immerses you in kind of the understanding of of the politics of money, the understanding of the debt trap, the understanding of the uh, of the U.S. dollar as the prime reserve currency. But now it's also you need to get Philip Patrick and the team on the phone, and you need to uh, you need to find out about gold as a hedge. Six hundred lead story in zero head. Six hundred billion dollars in new debt in thirty days. We warned you. Told you this was happening. Short commercial break. We're gonna be back with hour two in a moment. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out. 